0: All right, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Hopefully, uh, you have all been listening and beginning to prepare for your 2022 NFL Fantasy Football season. Uh, Wiz and I uh, went over each and every AFC team. Uh, All of those podcasts are out there already. And uh, today, Wiz, we are getting ready to start the NFC, which means the NFC East. Wiz, how are you doing today? Yeah,
1: doing well. I hope you are. I hope you are as well and uh yeah looking forward the NFC is a little bit different uh it just seems the AFC has the star teams the star players the star fantasy players but I think there are uh, you know some diamond in the rough players in the NFC and now uh, we're going to go through each team and now uh, we're going to try and see if we could uh you know weave our way through it and uh, come up with some uh, interesting players this year in fantasy
0: football yeah I would agree with you in that uh, when you do look at the two conferences stacked up against one another, I think, you know, if we looked at a top ten teams in the NFL at this point in time, I think most of them we would see in, in the AFC. Uh, but the NFC does have the reigning Super Bowl champion, uh, Los Angeles Rams, obviously Tom Brady there. Uh, but, you know, today uh, we are starting out with the NFC East, and the Dallas Cowboys are first on our list uh, in, in the NFC. And, um, you know, I was looking, Wiz, since Kellen Moore has been – instituted as the offensive coordinator in Dallas, for Mike McCarthy. D- Dak Prescott actually leads the NFL in yards passing per game at 303 yards. Uh, I think the one thing that has happened with Dak Prescott is he's probably not running the football as much as he used to in that kind of post, post-injury. post I think that's the case, and uh, I, I, I think that's probably by design rather than by accident. Um, but this is certainly uh, a potent offense, but an offense that is going to be going undergoing some change. But but when you look at Doc, Dak Prescott, Wiz, do you think he's kind of one of those quarterbacks? I, I happen to think yes, he is. Where you know you can feel confident each and every week putting Dak Prescott into your starting lineup.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. And I, I'm wondering if uh, another year removed from that injury, that that really brutal injury that he that he suffered. If he's not going to maybe you know with the with the offense that they have, he's not going to run a little bit more. Uh, getting back to what he was doing the years prior to the injury. Uh, so yes, he's a he's a quarterback. One feel confident starting with him. Um, I'm just wondering if he'll get more involved with running the ball and, and maybe scattering and sprinkling and a few rushing touchdowns. It's always enhances a quarterback's value in fantasy football. Uh, the offensive personnel is a little bit different and we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. He's inside the top 10, 12 at the position. I think, you know, once you get through, you know, quarterbacks four through 12, it's kind of just like a picking of personal preference in uh to your point, Dak Prescott is certainly right there in the mix with
0: that. Yeah, I think. Look, I think D- Dallas, as a whole, as a team, it, it probably comes into this season as as one of those stronger teams in, in the NFC. But I think when we look in this at this division, it's an improved division. Um, there are some changes as well in the offensive line as. Lael Collins is gone, uh, Connor Williams is gone so, so there are changes afoot foot there as well. Uh, running backs an interesting one here Wiz because uh, you know you and I talked a lot during last season where, when we looked at Tony Pollard, he he ended up becoming the more uh, explosive player in this offense uh, from a running back perspective. I mean, both running backs significant contributors in the passing game as they combined for a total of eighty six catches. Uh, but when we looked at Pollard, even though he ran the ball less than, than Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Pollard averaged five and a half yards a carry last year. While Ezekiel Elliott was kind of stuck around that four yards per carry, four yards per carry guy. So, uh, you know. It, I think some people are acknowledging that there is slightly some acknowledgement of the, not saying passing of the baton, but the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, the player usage here is that Tony Pollard will remain an integral part of this offense. And Ezekiel Elliott's days as a bell cow running back are kind of behind him.
1: I think as the years have gone on, uh, if you look at it, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard's ADP, average draft position, have gotten closer and closer. The days of Ezekiel Elliott being not only a first-round in snake draft picks, but a top-five pick, those days are long gone. Um, I have Ezekiel Elliott, you know, round 20 or so at running back, but Pollard really not too far behind. I think he has standalone value. The problem is... When it comes to a draft, Pollard would take on tremendous value if something was Dal Elliott. This isn't like a Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison thing where you're taking Dalvin Cook in the first or second round, first round most likely, and then in round 14, you're going to be able to get Alexander Madison. Pollard's got standalone value, so if you really want to invest and have the backup in case something was to happen to either one, you have to use two fairly – high draft picks Elliot in the first couple of rounds, whatever th- round three round four and Pollard has standalone value, maybe as a flex player on his own with Elliott playing. So their draft have a draft positions have gotten closer to me. It's kind of a situation to avoid, I think for the most part, because if you really want to feel secure and get both players, it's going to cost you a lot of draft equity. So, um, But I have no problem if somebody feels like Pollard has flex value and the upside where something has to Elliott, he becomes a top 10 to 15 running back, and they want to draft Pollard as standalone value. I'm just thinking if you're looking about them as a duo, it's really going to be difficult to – to
0: get both players, No, yeah, I think you look also. There's not a lot of depth in that running back room at this point in time, right? Behind these two guys, it's not like you see. Uh, it's not like you see other running backs that are going to be getting carries. Obviously, if an injury were to occur to one of those players, there would be a need to address the situation. But as it stands right now, uh, the running back room behind the two guys that we're talking about is quite thin.
1: Yeah, there's no question about that. And, uh, you know, moving moving to wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb is, is just a player that I liked, you know, um, back in his college days, and he, he's, he's just a terrific player. Now is the alpha guy, uh, the alpha one receiver for the Cowboys. He is right on the cusp of top 10 to 12 at the position. Um, I think I have him ranked somewhere between 10 and 15. Um, you know, if somebody wants to argue that he's certainly inside the top 12, I could see it. Um The other guys, I have no interest in in James Washington. Jalen Tolbert is difficult for a rookie to get in there. And I'm going to keep my eye on – I mean, Tolbert's going to get playing time, but I think to to, to become a fantasy football starter in in standard leagues, it's going to be difficult for that to happen. And Michael Gallup is – he's a good receiver. I want to keep my eyes on what's happening. I think he's probably – he may play at the beginning of the season, but he's not going to be up to full speed until probably week four or five, where a month of the season has gone by. But I'm going to keep my eye on, on that one and how he looks and And uh, if he starts the season on the pop list, or if he's ready to go week one, if that case, he could be a wide receiver three, but, um, cd lamb is the only one at this point that you could really have any confidence in um in drafting and starting every single week
0: yeah Mari cooper's gone uh i personally have cd lamb in my top 10 uh because i think the fact that you know some of the things that you just discussed uh make me and that kind of and, and also affects the tight end position here as well makes cd lamb a, a much more attractive target and The one thing was on this team is now 200 targets from the previous season. You talked about Gallup, who's going to be slow coming back, but Cedric Wilson has also gone 60 targets last year, 104 targets last year for Amari Cooper. That has to be replaced. So someone's going to have to fill that need. Now, whether if it's distributed more between CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz and the running backs, or one of these other guys steps up, I think that's something that we all need to watch for. Noah Brown is another wide receiver on this depth chart. And you mentioned Tolbert and James Washington, who every once in a while displayed some explosive plays down the field uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But that's been actually something that we haven't seen the last couple of seasons, but n- no matter what, there's 200, there's 200 targets that need to go elsewhere. Uh, and, and how that get dis- get, gets distributed is, is what I'm most interested in. Uh, I, like you said, the guy that, is going to be the biggest beneficiary in my eyes, is going to be CD Lamb and probably the tight end, uh, which we'll get into next.
1: So golden Schultz is one of the most interesting guys, not only in the Cowboys for me to try and analyze this year, but in the entire NFL, because I think there are two schools of thought, right? One is, to what you were just saying, there are a ton of targets that have to go to somebody. So can the case be made that he belongs in that top five discussion at tight end? Is he up there with... Pitts and Waller and George Kittle because of the volume. Another school of thought is the Cowboys were able to create tremendous matchups because they had Gallup, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, and they were able to really disguise, make some good, you know, mismatches against defenses. Now, when you're looking at the Cowboys and you're trying to attack them from a defensive perspective, CeeDee Lamb is enemy number one, but Dalton Schultz is right behind that. So, my question to you is, which school of thought are you leaning towards? Is it going to be overwhelming value, volume? puts this player in that grouping, in the top five conversation, or with defenses paying more attention to him, do you put him more with Goddard and Framuth and those type of guys?
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I I just have that. My sense is that the confidence in the player has grown markedly over the last couple of seasons, and I'm expecting another jump up in, in, in volume for Dalton Schultz.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, there's no question that he's going to get the volume. Um, We'll just have to see what defense is paying more attention to him, uh, what that's going to equate to. But I I think it's an interesting, it's certainly an interesting um, conversation to have because I think anytime you have this this type of situation where it's always the player's volume versus the defense paying more attention to him, how it's going to work out. Going to special teams for the Cowboys I guess the best thing that the Cowboys Have going for them is that they're going to be playing Daniel Jones And Carson Wentz four times A year and Jalen Hurts As well but I think Jalen Hurts is a little bit More careful with the football Uh, The Cowboys kind of got really burnt With that Nick Gregory situation But their defense is still good I mean uh, you know you have two Tremendous playmakers with Mika Parsons and, and Trayvon Diggs on the defensive side of the football I feel the Cowboys should be drafted all formats as a defense that you could start week in, week out, certainly inside the top 10. Um, how do you see the Cowboys' defense?
0: Yeah, look, they were really opportunistic uh, playmakers last year. Diggs with the with the interceptions. Obviously, uh, Parsons, a player that I revered and wanted the Giants to draft, and they chose to do things differently a couple of years ago. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, he's he's stuck facing them. Uh, a couple of times a season now, and, and really wrecking defense, uh, really wrecking team offenses. Quite frankly, um, I guess Dante Fowler does does help a little bit with the Gregory loss of Gregory, and obviously DeMarcus Lawrence is also here, so it, it, it's a potent defense. I think it is a top ten defense in the NFL. Uh, their schedule helps them out uh, because they get to play in this in in this division. So uh, I'm in full agreement with you there. Um, and last year they were kind of a big surprise, right? I think most people did not have the Dallas Cowboy defense on their radar coming into the season, but it became quickly uh, it, it became quickly obvious that that the Cowboys were going to make a difference on a weekend week weekend week, week out basis in terms of fantasy production. I think, you know, the one thing a kicker was with this, with this team, no team in the last three seasons has attempted more field goals than the Dallas Cowboys. So whoever ends up winning this job, right now Garibay, the rookie out of Texas Tech, uh, he's there, but they also have another kicker in, uh, I can't pronounce the guy's name, Harajalu or something like that. Um, but, yeah, but he's,
1: he's, a, he's from the CFL, uh, Liram Harajalu. Yeah. And if you want to watch some entertaining videos, you know, cause I'm doing a lot of studying for, for these, all of these leagues. And I'm, I'm kind of interested who wins this job because to your point, the conditions are great. The offense is good. McCarthy sends them out for long field goals. And um, Haraju from the CFL uh, has some videos where, against the wind, he's making 55 yarders. He's kicking off a tee, but with the wind, he's making a 70 yarder. Uh, He's got a big leg. Garibay is an undrafted uh, rookie that they, they, they thought was going to win the job, but they, they brought in the, the other guy from the CFL. So we'll see who wins that job. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep an eye on who wins that job. And, uh, you know, I may, I may in one of my leagues or two of my leagues um, take, a, take, a, take a whirl on, on one of the kickers for the Cowboys, who wins that job.
0: Yeah, because, you know, you can't deny a team that has shown consistency three years in a row in terms of sending the kicker out there and, and attempting kicks, right? It's a big deal.
1: Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So I think we're, we're on to your beloved New York football Giants next.
0: Oh, yeah, that is uh, that is definitely the case. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Make sure you're subscribing. Uh, I'm hearing, Wiz, that uh, there are some interesting people listening to this. I don't want to, uh, you know, slip slip any names in yeah, there. Yeah, but... yeah, that's
1: what that, it's all right. We enjoy everyone listening, and <laughs> we appreciate that.
0: All right, good stuff. Uh, on to the Giants. Good job, Wiz. Talk to you in a bit.